0: A new series of lessons. I'm really stoked, really excited about it this morning. Called Jesus is. For the next four weeks, we are going to be looking at really some doctrinal, some foundational, some structural, spiritual, structural uh, thoughts. For in particular, that um, ho- hopefully they're not um, so uh, so casual to you that you don't just jam in with us. But uh, really, I- I'm excited because we're going to find out. What Jesus has done and what Jesus will do for you and me and for the people in our lives as well. The, the, these foundational beliefs and again, structural really supports and pillars are for our church and for everybody, whether you're, you're new with us or for you're old with us. Come on, it's like, um, you, you know, when you go to buy a house now, you, hopefully you have a, an inspector and they're going to come. One of the first things that I don't know about the first, but one of the things the inspector is going to do. What, come on, somebody help me. What's he going to do? He's going to check your He's going to check your foundation. You got some cracks in that foundation? Mm, might be a red flag. There are some cracks in foundation. that aren't foundational cracks. that are going to ruin your house. But we want to make sure that the foundation of our life and the structure of our life is buildable, is, is endurable, is sustainable to keep us throughout our entire generation, entire life. These four Doctrinal thoughts, listen to me, aren't something that are casual, aren't something that are flippant. This first one we'll talk about today could be very casual in our, in our first you know, words about it. But I want you to drill down with me and just think about the next 35, 38, 40, 42, 55, an hour and a half, ever how long. I was seeing if you were listening uh, how long we go this morning, uh, uh, because I, I really think this first one, it could be easily passed over, and, and, and yet when it comes to the scripture over and over, we find that if we don't get this one set first, nothing else can be built upon it. So the first foundational belief and structural pillar for our life is this, Jesus is savior. Come on, can you say that with me? Jesus is savior. He, he, the, the scripture reveals this to us over and over and over. In the Old Testament talks about this one that was going to come and the New Testament tells us who this one is. Now, by way of just a simple definition, it's this. A savior is someone who saves rescues or delivers someone or someone else from danger this is what a savior is this is a very generic definition this can apply spiritually it can apply naturally as well but we would say that that person saved them from the river they saved them from the burning car they saved they rescued they delivered that that is on a natural plane but listen on a spiritual plane this is true of who jesus is for you and me jesus is our savior he saves he rescues and he delivers us from danger called sin can i get an amen in the old testament God reveals himself as Savior, speaking that I am the Savior. He is one that's going to save the nation of Israel from the Philistines, from the enemies coming in, the Midianites. But really, it's always a prophetic picture of the one who was coming named Jesus Christ. The fulfillment of it from the Old Testament is fulfilled in the person, Jesus Christ. I love this scripture in Isaiah chapter 19, verse 20. It says this. It says, they will cry to the Lord because of the oppressors. And he will send them a savior. And notice this, a mighty one. And he will deliver them. God says through the prophet Isaiah as he's prophesying about a future event. There is one coming. There is one coming because of oppressors. Because of, we would say, this oppressor called Satan. The oppressor called darkness. The oppressor called the accuser of our brethren, who is Satan himself. And God says, I'm going to send them a savior. And and he's a mighty one, and and he's going to do what his job description is. Who he is, he's going to deliver them. And, And now we find in the New Testament... We find Matthew chapter 1, 21, before Jesus was born, the angel Gabriel actually comes to, to Joseph and the angel Gabriel tells him, uh, remember the story, it's a Christmas story we always read. Hey, don't desert your, your, your bride here, don't desert your, your virgin bride, even though she came to you and she said, hey man, I'm pregnant up in here and I know we didn't sleep together. And so, the, come, on, come on, Gabriel's talking to brother off the ledge from leaving her. And he says this, she, Mary, is going to bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people, come on, read it, from their sins. Come on, anybody glad for Jesus this morning? Come on, somebody. That was like a little bit, a little golf clap. Come on, come on, anybody glad for Jesus in the room? Yeah. So, so God declares to, to us who he is, and he says there's just nobody like him. And what we know is that who he is reveals what he will do. Who he is reveals what he will do. Listen to me. Jesus saves. That's what he does. Isaiah went on to say, and I think it's chapter 42 or somewhere around there. Don't quote me on it. But he says, I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. Isaiah prophesies for Jesus, or for, for, you know, for, for God. He just says, I, I, I'm the Lord. He says, God, God's saying, I'm the Lord. There, there's nobody like me. There's no savior beside me. You can look to anybody else or any situation or any organization or any government. It, you will find salvation in none other. It's only going to come through the person, Jesus Christ. So two questions I've got this morning, only two but we'll build quite a few moments uh, along these two questions. Uh, the first one will spend more time than the second one in answering. But, but the, the, the two questions are this, what, what does God save us from? If he's a savior, what does he save me from? I, I gotta know what, if, if, I'm, if I'm looking for a savior, I gotta know why do I need a savior? What's he gonna save me from? And, and, and then the, the second thing is, what does God save us for? What does he save us for? What does he save me from? And then what is he saving me for? What does he want to do with my life? What he want to do with my life? So, so let's talk about these two questions this morning And just look scripturally. Come on, I'm going to have a lot of scripture. So get your paper, get your pen out. You can take some snapshots and just take some photographs of some scripture we have here. And let's think about them during the week. And let's drill down and let's get in our heart. Let's get in this foundational thought in our life. Is that Jesus is Savior. What what is he saving me from? And what is he saving me for? So the first question to answer that is that God saves us from the power, control, and dominion of sin. God, Jesus, saves us from the power, control, and the dominion of sin. Those words are all very important. The power, the control, and the dominion of sin. Now, when we read that, it will then bid us to actually understand this. You can't know the Savior unless you know you're a sinner. There can be no Savior in your and my life or in the world, Chula Vista, South Sand, wherever you live, La Mesa, Lemon Grove, the people you're talking to, your kids, your family members. If they don't know they're a sinner, they cannot enjoy the benefit of the Savior. You can't know the Savior unless you know you're a sinner. The scripture told us already there's no other Savior, there's no other deliverer for man's sin. It's impossible for man to save themself. You can't be right with God apart from the person Jesus Christ. Let me just tap out for a second here and kind of just go down this alley for just a few seconds. Just think with me. Don't say it out loud because I don't want to, if you have the wrong answer, I don't want to embarrass anybody. What part of your life needs to be saved? What we know from scripture is that we all are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We have a soul, a mind, will, emotions, and intellect. And we live in a body. We're a spirit, a soul, a soul. And a body. So, right now, as I ask you this question, what part of your life needs to be saved? Or what part of your life from the Genesis account was made, as God says, in the image and the likeness of God? Does God look like the African American man, the Asian man, the Hispanic man, the white man, the Inuit man? What kind of man, if God, if we're made in the image of God, and it's a physical image, is that what He's talking about? Are we made in the image of God that God's a mind. I've got a soul. I've got an intellect. I've got emotions. I've got feelings. Is that what God's talking about? Or could it be something deeper that we don't even see that we're made in the image of God that is internal on the inside of us? I would say yes to that. So what part of your life, what part of your life is saved? Is your body saved? Never. Is your mind, will, emotion saved? Never. The part of you that needs a savior is the part of you that is completely 100% eternal. It is your spirit, man. When you say yes to Jesus, listen to me, your spirit is saved. You are born again. Your body doesn't change. You don't grow taller or grow shorter. You don't grow more muscular. Come on, somebody. You don't get thinner. Come on, somebody help me up in here. Your mind doesn't even change when you get saved. You now are responsible, what the Bible says, is to bring the power of salvation to cause your mind to be renewed. Can I get an amen? There's no savior, there's no deliverer for man's, for man's sin other than the person Jesus Christ. It is impossible for you to be saved apart from Jesus Christ. Uh, There's a pastor uh, uh, up the road in, in, in LA, and he said this Satan continues his efforts to make sin less offensive, heaven less appealing, hell less horrific, and the gospel less urgent. Listen, we're all born, the scripture says, into this earth experience, hear me now, as sinners in need of a savior. That's because the first man, Adam, sinned. Adam, his name, the name Adam actually means man. So when God created the man Adam, and from him Eve was created, what God saw in Adam, God saw in humankind that was going to come. What Adam did spread and passed down to every single one of us. So when we're born into this earth experience, we are all born into it being sinful, F-U-L-L. We are full of sin. Cute little brown eye, blue eye, light skin, dark skin, straight hair, curly hair, brown hair, blonde hair, cutie, 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 sinner in the crib. Come on, somebody. This is the human condition. Come on, somebody. I know you're looking at your kids right now going, sinner in the crib. Come on, huh? On, that could be a rap song. That could be a rap. No, but I won't. Jesus, as Savior, Jesus is going to save us from the power, control, and the dominion of that. Aren't you glad for that, everybody? That, 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 this, is, that, this is what he's saving us from. But but I got to know that. I, listen, I, I've, I've got to regularly kind of have my thumb on that. That, that, that. I, that's the way I used to be, and, and he saved me fr- if he saved me from it, I don't got no business going back to it. If he saved me from it, I, 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 I want to live free from the power, control, and dominion of whatever that was. Now, now let's take a, just a second here, and let's go how deep this thing is, because it is deep. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 3, let's look at this from the New Living Translation because it just reads it a little easier. He says, you, me, all of us, every person on the human condition, we were dead because of our disobedience and our many sins. Verse 2, you used to live in sin. He's talking to believers now and he's saying, remember how you used to be, just like the rest of the world. You, we, we all did it, Paul says. We obeyed the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Now, let's just stop right here for a second. There is a commander of the powers of the unseen world. His name is the devil, Satan, the accuser, the brethren. You got to know that. You and I are in a spiritual fight. So even though you're born again, the fight's still on, baby. And he says, he is the spirit. He is this master spirit that is at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Keep right there for a second. He is the master spirit. He is the spirit of all spirits. He is the chief spirit. He is is orchestrating his demon hordes over nations, over governments, over families, over cities, over continents, for those who do not want to hear God, for those who refuse to obey God. It's going on right now. And listen to me. As the days and the weeks and the months and maybe the years progress, this ain't getting any better. Listen to me. The scripture says, in the last days, 2 Timothy 3, 1, perilous times will come. Hard to deal with and hard to bear. Why? Because this culmination of all things is upon us right now. And the scripture says that we are living right now in some last days. Come on, everybody. We don't know when the trumpet's going to sound. We don't know when he's coming back. And thank God that God has given us power and authority and strength right now. But the scripture says, man, he is at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey. That's going on right now. Now, we all used to be included in that. We used to be included, before we made Jesus the Lord of our life, we were ones who refused to obey God. But thank God, he's got an, an- he's got an answer for us. But look at verse 3, before we give you the answer, look at this. All of us used to live that way. We were following the passionate desires, the inclination of our sinful nature. Listen to me, we just didn't commit sins, we had a sinful nature, He says this very nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everybody else. So when it comes to this thing of us needing a savior and that God saves us from the power, control, and the dominion of sin, he doesn't just save us from the power, control, and the dominion of sins we commit. He saves us from the power, control, and dominion of the sin nature. Your entire nature now changes. My mind doesn't change. My body doesn't change. I got to keep my body under. I got to renew my mind. But on the inside of me where the life of God is resident, on the inside of me right now, I have the ability to say yes to Jesus and no to passions and evil desires and crazy stuff that I used to do before I said yes to Jesus. Because I got a new nature. Come on, somebody. I got a new nature. Now, what we know in the world right now, and it's been going on since the beginning, but it seems more and more, is that society encourages sin, but it will not tolerate the guilt that sin produces. Society is encouraging sin. It's encouraging you. If you... If you, don't, if you don't like the way your gender is, change your gender. If you don't like the wife you're married to, dump her, marry somebody else. If you don't like what they do, throw the fries back across. The, I mean, just shoot them, pop them down. Whatever you do, whatever you do, it, it's okay. But here's the deal. Society is encouraging you to be you. You be you, and everybody else has got to accept that. But it can't tolerate The guilt that sin produces. Because the burden and the guilt and the shame of sin, listen to me, is the breeding ground of all addiction. I'm guilty, I'm sinful, I'm shamed about something in my life that opens the door to try to now medicate my pain. And Jesus tells us, Scripture tells us, there's only one that can change that problem. There's only one that can give you a new nature and cause new power to come in your life. There's only one that can save you from that. His name is Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Yeah. And again, some of you know this Scripture, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned. Romans three twenty-three. all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody sinned. Everybody, everybody comes into this in, into this human experience as a sinner. But and, and when we see this scripture, we've all fall short of the glory of God. The, 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 the word there, glory of God, it actually means this. Glory here means his moral perfection. So we've all fallen short of his moral perfection. In other words, even though before we knew Christ, of course we're a sinner by nature. But even after we made Jesus the Lord of our life, We're now no longer identified as sinners, we're identified as saints, we're identified as believers. We're no longer in the scripture, in the epistles, identified, Paul doesn't write, Peter doesn't write, Jude doesn't write, to sinners, they write to born-again people, saints of God, who still occasionally might sin, but again, my identification, my thought My heart has changed. My nature has changed. The Savior has come to take supremacy and lordship of my life. So I'm no longer that guy. I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. Nobody could reach this state of moral perfection by themselves. That's why we need a Savior. Sin produced this separation from God, we talked about it, in Adam. And that separation... Has spread to every man and every woman. But when you say yes to Jesus, again, I wanna drill down one more time, your nature changes. The ability to turn your ship of your life in a different direction has been given to you. The key for a life and godliness now has been given to you and I. We have to constantly now, even though I'm a new creature in Christ on the inside, I, I, I got no problem up in here, but my mind is lying to me. My flesh is lying to me. I, 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 what do I do? I come back to the word, and I come back to the word, and I come back to the word, and I come to church, and I hang around godly men and women, and I read things, and I study things, and I shut off crazy things, and I infuse my life with now who I am and what this new nature is in me and telling me and leading me to do. The Savior will continually work in your life as you submit to the Savior's power. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, that's what he said he's going to do. Man, Paul says again, we were by nature the children of wrath. But what's so amazing about God, in this state, in this state of separation from God, God doesn't just leave us there and say, y'all try to figure it out. Y'all, y'all just try to do the best you can. He doesn't do that. God's intent and God's purpose for your and my life, when we see this, what did he save us from? Well, he saved us from the power, control, and dominion of sin. And, 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 and so now I've got a part of that. I've got to say yes to that. How is that going to happen? How did it happen? In the, how did it happen? What was the genesis of that moment? Here's the Genesis of that moment that tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. It says this God demonstrates his own love toward us. Here it's coming. Here it's coming. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. While we were still a sinner, while you had no interest in God, while you were running, doing your own thing, while your nature was anti-God, didn't want to have anything to do with God, you snubbed your nose at God like I did, going my, own, going my own way. 2,000 years ago, God demonstrated his own love toward us. And while I was still a sinner, didn't do anything good, he sent Jesus to die for us. Now look at verse 9. It says this, much more than on top of that, having been justified. Justified is a word that means declared righteous, declared not guilty. By Christ's blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Right now for every believer, listen to me, the end game of your life is not to enjoy the wrath of God. The end game of your life is to enjoy the presence of God forever and ever and ever. Come on, eternity is a long time. Can somebody say amen? So what, did God say, what, 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 what does God save us from? Again, the power, the control, and the dominion of sin. I am saved from the power, the control, and the dominion of sin. I said yes to Jesus, so now in my life, right now, something different is working on the inside of me. I've got a different operating system on the inside of me. I've got a different makeup on the inside of me. The, the, the maker has worked something new in me. And if it ever gets broken, he can fix it. If there's ever anything that needs to be altered, he can fix it. But listen to me, your spirit man, your spirit man is made in connection and union with God. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Think with me. One spirit. You have the same Holy Spirit in your life now that was in Jesus Christ. The same Spirit that rose Him from the dead dwells in you and will quicken and make your mortal body alive. Come on, somebody. I'm getting happy up in here. Man, so, so no matter what you're going through, the power of God is always, whether you feel like it or you don't, whether you got a bunch of sleep in your eyes or you don't, whether you had crazy times at work, and it's just a bunch of crazy people going on. The power of God is at work in your life right now. The Savior and his salvation is constantly at work in your life right now. If you will steady yourself, if you'll just hold yourself, if you'll come back to that foundation, you'll start hearing the words of the Savior speaking life and singing deliverance over your life and situation. And come on, amen, amen, amen. Yeah. We're going to be saved from wrath. So listen to me. You might be hearing some stuff on YouTube or some other people saying, you know, hey, church, you guys are going to go through wrath. Listen, the scripture says you ain't going through wrath of God. You ain't going through the judgment of God. Come on, every believer. Hey, there's going to be some crazy stuff going on in the world. We know that. But as we said, George said a moment ago, you know, when singing is that there's suffering to go through. But how many know the Lord delivers us from them all? Come on, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you're born again, when you're a child of God... Come on, y'all got to listen a little quicker. You know, come on, it's a little bit slow. Uh, when you're a child of God, what, what do I do now? What, 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 what do I do now when, when, when I've said yes to Jesus? <laughs> I've been delivered from the power, control, and dominion of sin. But, but I did something stupid. I said something stupid. I drank something stupid. I smoked something stupid. I popped something stupid. I snorted something stupid. I was with somebody stupid in bed. I did something stupid. I watched something stupid. Christians do stupid stuff sometimes. And all of God's people said, amen. Because we've all done it. What do I do? Do I go back now and fall back into a nature that is away from God? Do I go back and fall back and go... I now am away from God and God can't deliver me. No, listen to me. My nature hasn't changed, but my flesh and my mind were messing with me. And I succumbed to it. How do I get back on track when I slept with her or him or them or whatever? Come on. Or I watched that many, many times and I did that, and I stole that lots, and I organized that, what do I do now when I've jacked up my life in that? Thank God for the Savior. Because look, come on, come on, let's clap. If we're going to clap, let's clap big there. Because cause the Savior, look, 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 look. Come on, look what 1 John 1.9 says. This is in Passion Translation. I love it. If we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, that's when you're in that quiet spot and all of a sudden God says, hmm, remember that? You did that? You said that? You thought that? You went that? You watched that? You, You were that person in that situation? His light uncovers them. If you freely admit it, He will be faithful to forgive us. Come on, somebody yell it. Come on, yell it like you mean it, church. Come on, every time, every time, every time, every time, knucklehead did something crazy and I said, Lord, forgive me. He said, I'm going to forgive you because of Jesus. I'm going to demonstrate my love to you because of Jesus. And then, and then 10 minutes later, knucklehead did it again. And I said, Lord, forgive me. He said, I'm going to forgive you again. If you keep coming, I'll keep forgiving. Come on, everybody. Every time. And, you just, and you're saying, listen, listen, and religion says that's just too good to be true. It is too good to be true. That's why it's called grace. Grace gives you what you don't deserve. It gives you what you don't deserve. Jesus is full of grace. Full of truth and full of grace. Man, God is just to forgive us our sins. How or why? Because of Christ. Not because of you, sweetheart. He ain't forgiven you because of you. He's forgiven you because you said yes to Jesus. You said yes to Jesus. And he says, I now see you in Christ. I see you in Christ. And if you just say, Lord, I messed up again. He is going to forgive you and he will continue. This is what it gets real good to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Listen to me. There's stuff in you. There's stuff in me that I don't even know. And when I say, Father, forgive me, he cleanses me from. Come on. He gives me the Soapy Joe's. uh, 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 Come on. He gives me the Soapy Joe's platinum treatment up in here. He cleans the outside of the car. He lifts up the engine. He cleans the engine. He goes inside. He vacuums. He does the windows. He does the white walls. He gets in my trunk. He cleans it all. He cleans stuff that I can't even see. The Savior takes care of it all. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, I got to go a few more minutes. Is that all right? Because we had not even got to the second part yet. Come on, y'all got a few more minutes? Come on, y'all, y'all know that tacos are going to wait. Come on, they're going to be hot. They're going to wait. I, I, I love this. We, we talk about this scripture regularly because we're, we're talking about that Jesus, as a Savior, he saves us from the power. Come on, just, just the, the power and the control and the dominion of sin. And we can't, we can't unhook from this part without giving you 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you don't know this scripture, it's a foundational scripture for every person that's a believer. Now, in the Amplified Bible, it says this. Therefore, if any person is engrafted into Christ, the Messiah, that means you're born again. That means you said yes to Jesus. And I love the word. You're engrafted. You're engrafted. In other words, there's been a cut in your life called sin. And Jesus says, I will be cut with the identical condition of your life. And he was at Calvary at the cross he was pierced, he was wounded, he was bruised. So that now my identical cut of sin finds his identical cut of being my sin bearer and now I am engrafted into Christ. He's the vine, I'm the branch. Amen. And what flows through the vine is now flowing through me. So I got hope in me. I got joy in me. I got peace in me. I got health in me. I got wisdom in me. I've got, I, I, I've got everything of Christ is now in me. Not because of me, but because I'm just connected to the vine. I've been engrafted. He said he is, she is a new creation, a new nature, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. This is who you are. A fresh, a new, a brand new person created in Christ. I'm no longer identifying as the old guy, the old gal. I no longer identify as a sinner. I'm now a child of God, I'm in Christ. And if I do mess up, I come back, what we just read, and I confess my sin. Your light has uncovered it. And I confess my sin to you, and you said you will be faithful to forgive me. So I receive your forgiveness, and now I am a forgiven believer. I'm no longer a sinner. Come, Somebody say, just praise the Lord right there. He saves us here. This scripture tells us from two things. He saves us from our spiritual condition and he also saves us from our moral condition. Our spiritual condition, it was impossible that we, were, we, we could do anything about it. We were eternally separated from God. And our moral condition, <laughs> my flesh is crazy. My flesh is, I'm raised in a crazy environment, raised in a crazy situation. I, I, I want to do that. I want to I go there. I want to I be with them. I wanna, uh, but, but, but the scripture says that's sin. So now, He saves me not only from my spiritual condition, he saves me in this moral condition and gives me power that now I can live for Jesus Christ. What's he save us from? power of sin. Let's answer this question quickly, not nearly as long. Thank you for your patience. He saves us from sin, from this condition, being separated from God, the power, control, and dominion, but he saves us What's he save us for? He saved me from that. I, I, I had, a, had an evil, wicked nature. He saved me from that. But now, what's he going to do with me? What, what's he going to do with my life right now? Does he just want me to be like a robot and be... No. L- listen, a couple thoughts. Let me just give you here in closing. We just start winding down. We were created as sons and daughters of God to fellowship with him. And bring his kingdom realm into our lives and others on the earth. This is what he saves us for. For. Listen to me. When Jesus was praying, the disciples said, teach us to pray. Man, we ain't never heard a rabbi pray like you. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray like that. What's he say? What's the Lord's prayer? Say this. Come on. You know what? Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father. Jesus reveals God as our Father. If He's a Father, He must have children. He's a God of relationship. God saves us for relationship. That's why we are saved. Saves us from the dominion, power, control of sin and now for the rest of our life listen to me, for eternity he saves us for relationship. There is no relationship with God apart from the word and prayer. You will not Know the Heavenly Father through your experience with your body or with your mind. It comes spirit to spirit through the written word and through prayer. So if you want to know who he is, you've got to read what he said. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7. Just jump into this scripture. A few more scriptures here. Paul's writing, we read several scriptures before this a moment ago. But Paul says, God did all this. He he saved us, gave us a new nature. So that God can point to us in all the future ages. Listen to me, for all eternity. God can point to us to every angel. God can point to us to every world ruler. That we would be examples of God's incredible wealth, of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. For all eternity, what's he save us for? For relationship. That for all eternity, God's going to point to us and go, those are my redeemed kids. Those are my chosen. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's one that, that Jesus Christ saved. That's one that Jesus Christ died for. That's one that Jesus Christ was on the cross for. It's for relationship. And Peter says this, you're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's special possession. That he called you out of darkness into his marvelous, wonderful light. That's what God's done. I love you. I've called you out. I've welcomed you into my home. He calls us for relationship. I can't stress this enough, and I'm not doing a real good job, I don't think, in telling you this. Because I just think that in my life growing up in church, I don't know. I don't think that... I always kind of had the the, the thought in my mind that God was a little bit ticked at me. That I just wasn't good enough. I just wasn't perfect enough. And that's not the heart of God. That's That's not the mind of Christ. That's not who he is. All sin was placed on Jesus. Listen to me. And all righteousness was placed on you. All grace given to you all mercy given to you all love all acceptance given to you because of what jesus christ did on the cross and now he says you're chosen you're accepted you're my special possession you're, you're, you're mine no no matter no matter what you do it's not it's not going to matter I, you keep coming back to me i'm running to you Or um Brittany and Tony are our, our eldest daughter and Tony, our son-in-law. They're they're out in Mexico hanging out for a week and vacation, and uh, they asked us to, um, you know, months ago to babysit the grandkids, who, who we love, and, and it's a it's a it's it, it's a different deal when you babysit them for a couple hours, but then they move into you for days. Come on, somebody. So 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 Friday night started started the process, and they're with us for like eight days and uh uh alan amoni you know tony's dad and amoni there you know mom just they, they had them last night and so we were talking uh, taylor's seven she sleeps through the night and when she puts her head down she's out 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 aria she's just another little kind of different animal <laughs> she's two and, and 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 she sometimes has struggle or struggle sleeping and, and so I, I i was thinking you know that's why they have benadryl right that's what that happened. Is that right? No? Okay, just, just checking, just checking, just checking. We haven't done that yet. I hope, I hope Brittany and Tony aren't watching live right now in Mexico. <laughs> oh, but I did think about it. But she, you know, put her down and she was up all night, in and out, you know, and just, it just. But in the morning, in the morning, when that little two-year-old looks at me, I do not think at all about what happened that night. It's done. It's over. Baby, come here. Let's go. We're going to have a great day. We run around, laugh, and just have fun. Listen, the Savior saves you from the power, dominion, and control of sin. And He saves you for relationship. Come. It's all well. You're here with me. You're going to spend eternity. With me, I want to start thinking about eternity right now. That forever and ever, we're going to be with the Father. Listen to me. On a new heaven and a new earth. We're not going to be floating around up in heaven. We'll talk about it. Floating around on little harps. Little fat cherubs. Come on. No, no. No, no, no. We're going to be ruling and reigning with Him on a new earth. That's your future. I'll close with a scripture. Last scripture. Gotta give you one more. Gotta give you one more. John 14, verse 3. Check it out. Jesus talking about this, you know, I'm gonna go away. I'm gonna prepare a place for you. And when it's ready, I'm gonna come get you. Look what he says here. When everything is ready, I will come and get you. Check it out now. So that you will always be with me where I am always never separated always with him for eternity Jesus is Savior he saves you from the power control and dominion of sin and he saves you for relationship how long? always always you're going to be with him Jesus is talking about this in context of heaven and times when I go away I'm going to prepare a place for you that you can be with me forever. Wow, what a Savior. So listen to me. Today, if you're away from God, you don't know Jesus, or you might have been like me, a knucklehead, and you've done some things time after time, can I tell you, if you say and admit your faults and sins, Father, forgive me, He's coming rushing into your life with forgiveness and salvation. So all over the room, come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Jesus is Savior. He's here and He's welcoming you online as well. If you don't know Him as Lord and Savior, in a couple seconds I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And you're saying, by raising your hand, that's me, Pastor Gary, pray for me. We're all going to say a prayer out loud. We're going to ask Jesus to be the Lord of our life. And our nature is going to change at that time. And maybe you prayed that prayer before, but somehow this morning, you know, you're meaning it again. You're turning your back on sin that that, that you, you're done with the power, control, and dominion of sin. You don't want that in your life any longer. You want to have a relationship with Jesus, and you're saying yes to that. He's going to come into your life in a powerful way right now this morning. Come on, all over the room when I count to three, you want to include in that prayer, just lift up your hand. Come on, one, two, three, all over the room. Say, pray for me. That's me. Just pray for me. Awesome. Awesome see three hands thank you thank you thank you for your boldness and courage four five hands awesome thank you you can put your hands down you that raised your hand thank you for your courage and boldness again we're not going to have you stand or come to the front right there we believe you mean it right there in your life right there between you and god the altar of your heart is directed toward god right now i'm going to lead you in a prayer we're all going to pray it out loud but you that raised your hand i'm asking you that you mean this right now in your heart and you just mix faith with it. That means you just believe, you believe it right now. That there's going to be a spiritual transaction that happens in your life right here, right now. So say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I recognize my need. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. I repent. I change my mind. I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Come on, stand up with me. That's what we do here. We stand up and just clap and celebrate for everybody that just made that prayer. Come on, clap your hands, all you people. Come on, somebody shout them to God with a voice of triumph. Five people this morning just say yes. Come on.